0: And just saved Arthur Smith's job with an impressive 29 10 win over the Indianapolis Colts.
1: You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to another illustrious and merry and festive episode of the Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. All you got to do is download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And of course, guys, if you don't know me, I'm your very humble host, Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for far too long, formerly at falcfans.com, RIP. Still going strong on this illustrious podcast. You may also know me as Mr. Uh, Drew, Sirius Black. And I want to wish a special Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays uh, to all the everydayers out there that tune in to this podcast and make it their first listen, first watch each and every day. And if you want to become an everydayer and have, you know, a great Christmas and ring in the new year and all that stuff and more, your, you know, daily Falcons content, make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So so today was an impressive 29-10 win for the Atlanta Falcons. We'll be talking uh, quite a bit about Arthur Smith's job status now, you know, where is that at? Taylor Heineke, how much credit goes to the Falcons' success, to that quarterback change. And we'll also talk some odds and ends, you know, talking a little bit about some things that, you know, the Falcons will be building on into the offseason uh, based off of this game. Some areas where they still need some work going into the offseason. Although, of course, you know, we're not in full offseason mode because the season still has, you know, some life in it left uh, with the Falcons getting this win and in sort of a must win game. We've been talking about must win games pretty much every week for, I don't know, since what, week eight, week nine, right? And, uh, you know, Falcons been pretty hit and miss, but, you know, they certainly hit today. wasn't a perfect game, but they mostly did it everything right, right? It was sort of a complete complementary football game where you had both the offense and defense enhancing one another, right? You're seeing, the, you know, when the defense is getting stops, which they've been consistently been able to do throughout the season, you know, previous weeks you weren't seeing the offense being able to build off of that momentum that the defense was giving them. And then you saw the offense this week score, and then the defense would go out there, get another stop. And you just sort of that feedback loop of success that we have just so rarely seen from the Falcons um, this year. Now, they they came out in this game. You know, they gave the Colts were able to go down the field and score on their opening possession. And the stat I saw on the broadcast was that was the first touchdown the Falcons have given up all year long on the opening drive, which I was – aware unaware of i figured early in the season they gave up one of those so impressive for the defense to hold that mark until but you were like okay well this is maybe not the greatest omen then the falcons go down the field they get their own points on their opening drive thanks to two explosive plays a 32 yard run by bijan robinson then set up the subsequent play which was a 26 yard touchdown strike uh to kyle pitts um but we've seen this team get off to starts you know, good starts in these games, and then kind of go quiet for the second and third quarter and and basically not show up again to the fourth quarter. But we saw this team, instead of doing that, this on today, on Christmas Eve, we saw them take, you know, take the lead midway through the second quarter with a field goal to push it 10 to seven. And that drive had them go down the field. Uh, Young Wake, who missed a 49 yard field goal that hit off the right upright. uh, But the Colts had a neutral zone of faction on that play. The Falcons were able to subsequently convert the ensuing fourth and one. And then Ku made up for it with a 23 yarder uh to give them that 10-7 lead. They probably should have had a touchdown. I think Heineke was a little late on a throw to an open Bijan in the end zone. Bijan didn't get his feet down uh in bounds either. So that was one instance where the Falcons had to settle for three instead of seven. As I said, they weren't perfect. But you got you know a three and out from the defense on the ensuing drive. Then the offense responds with another excuse me, sorry. a field goal, you know, just before the half. Um, And, you know, the Falcons getting points at the end of the first half is, again, another rarity that we haven't seen this year, right? We've talked about that sort of middle eight, right? Those final four minutes of the first half, those opening four minutes of the second half. Uh, The Falcons have been talking about that. And the Falcons not only scored in those final four, they also scored in the opening four. So they scored twice in the middle eight. Again, I I'm pretty sure they haven't done that all year long, um, and you know you give you know that drive at the beginning of the second half featured a lot of running, right? Saw a lot of Bijan started off, then you mixed in Patterson, and then Algier kind of finished it with a 31 yard touchdown drive, uh, touchdown run to give the Falcons a 20 to seven lead at that point. Um, you know there was another subsequent potential touchdown where the falcons had to settle for a field goal um later in the game because the colt thing responded with a field goal of their own and the falcons settled for another field goal um you know they weren't perfect in the red zone over three there right we'll talk a little bit about Heineke's contributions to that a little bit later in the episode but they were pretty effective moving the ball mostly due to the ground game right we weren't convinced going into this game or at least when, when i say we i mean me Right? It's the Royal we, me and you. Right. And what I think is the correct opinion. So you automatically agree with my opinion. So that's why I say we we didn't think the Falcons would be effective running the ball against this Colts defense. Right. We know the Colts have given up a lot of yards a season, but with Grover Stewart back in the lineup, they have been been one of the better run defenses in the NFL, but they look like a, a bad run defense. Falcons run for 177 yards. You saw a lot of good perimeter blocking that sprung the Falcons on some of those runs to the outside away from Grover Stewart. There are no the Colts no tackle. You saw a healthier Falcons offensive line up front that I'm sure had a lot to do that. You know, we apparently didn't need Parker Hesse, just needed Tucker Fisk. Uh more on that later. Uh, but you know, you also got a clean game from Taylor Heineke, no turnovers. Heineke did try to put the ball in harm's way a couple of times. Uh but You know, I know there were some people out there. I I can't think of who. were very skeptical of Tanner Heike going into this game. Whoever those people are, they're looking silly at this point in time. But you also not, in addition to playing a clean game on offense, you were very disruptive with your pass rush up front on defense, right? Five sacks, 11 quarterback hits on Gardner Mishu. And we talked about how you needed to see that in order to slow down this um, Colts offense. Now, the Falcons got some good news with Michael Pittman being out of This game, and I'm sure the locked on Colts guys are talking about how Pittman's absence was a huge impact on the struggles of the of the Colts offense in this game. But the Colts offensive line did not play well. Again, five sacks, you got two from Zach Harrison, one and a half from Calais Campbell, one by Caden Ellis, one by Richie Grant, one by uh Arnold Biketti. But Dupree was being very disruptive up front. You did get David Anyamata back in this game, but I didn't notice him out there all that much. I think the Falcons had him on a pitch count in this game. So, you know, I'm sure that helped things for the Falcons up front, but it was mostly those other guys that were making the impact plays as far as the pass rush goes, but the impact of Michael Pittman, again, locked on Colts probably has more on this, but like, he was the go-to option. He by far, he's like the third in the NFL in targets this year. He's their security blanket. He's their go-to option in the passing attack. And you take that away in this game. And then you lock down their secondary receivers like Josh downs and, and Alec Pierce. Although tight ends did feast quite a bit today, more on that later, but with the Falcons pass rush, utilizing a lot of blitzes, a lot of stunts, a lot of twists, Ryan Nielsen, going back to being that sort of aggressive defensive play caller, you saw this Falcons defense really get after Gardner Minshew. So for me, I had a lot of skepticism going in this game. Could the Falcons run the football? Will Taylor Heineke protect the football, not turn it over? And will they be able to pressure Gardner Minshew? Um, And the Falcons were able to check all of those boxes, you know, handily. Right. And thus prove the skeptics and the doubters wrong uh, in including yours truly on that front. So, I will, we'll, we'll continue the conversation, but basically what I'll say is I think Arthur Smith just saved his job. I think there's a 94% chance that he's keeping his job. I said that on the postcast with Tanisha Patisse and Jarvis Davis, you know, I wasn't convinced like other people going into this game that he was out at the end of this year. I felt like the Falcons wanted to keep Arthur Smith and would be basically looking for any sign of life in these final three games to justify Arthur blanks decision of probably, um keeping arthur smith around in 2024 and i think the falcons got it in this game i think this win is going to be enough although i again that's where the 94 instead of 100 comes in because there's two still games left to play that six percent is you know that margin for error that you know when it comes to the falcons and collapsing in epic fashion at the end of games or end of seasons you know, that's that 6% margin for error. So I can't say with 100% certainty, but I do think this was probably more than enough for Arthur Smith to sort of save his job, assuming that the Falcons don't go out there and, you know, play two of the worst games that they've ever played uh, to finish out the season, which again, why even put that out there in the ether? Because it's like, oh, you know, Falcons are like, oh, you you mean we can absolutely suck for the next two weeks? Okay, we'll do that. So we'll see what the Falcons wind up doing. But, you know, I think what you, you saw in this game was the Falcons showing what, you know, the Arthur Smith pitch has been, you know, all year long that we he just in this team hasn't really delivered on, which is let's control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball with our run game our D line in our pass rush. Right. And then let's sprinkle in some explosiveness, right? You got five 20 plus yard plays, three of which came on the ground, which have not been common this year, like they were a year ago with those explosive runs. So, I think, you know, you got three big issues that this Falcons team is going to have to address this offseason again. I know the season's not over and why are we talking about offseason, but you know me, you know, we'll talk more about it. But, you know, they got to figure out the quarterback position. You know, Heineke ain't the guy. More on that later. Right. You know, they need to add more explosiveness on offense. Right. That's where the wide receiver position so we can get more of these explosive plays. Uh, That we saw in this game and you'll see this team continue to beef up the defense, especially that D line and that pass rush so that these types of games that we had against the Colts, you know, are much more common next season when the quality of quarterback is going to be just a little bit higher than Gardner mentioned when you look at the Falcons, you know, potential uh, schedule next year. So, you know, I think Smith is basically going to go to Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner and say, hey, the way that we played this Sunday, we can play like this every single week. All year long, just give me another shot, and I think Arthur Blank is going to wind up believing him. At least I feel ninety-four percent confident that Arthur Blank will wind up believing him. So we will talk more about Taylor Heineke and his performance in this. We'll talk more about what, why part of the reason why, despite the impressive performance of the Falcons today, it's hard to get kind of excited at this point in the year because it feels like it's too little, too late. And while you feel good about this win, it's hard to feel great about this one. And we'll break that down. To continue today's Locked On Falcons. So the weather is getting colder, but the NFL offers at FanDuel, America's number one sports book, stay hot this time of year. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with a winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team doesn't, if your team does win, right? I'm so used to saying your team doesn't win because I cover the Atlanta Falcons, but there's no better time to get in on the action at FanDuel than right now. And whether you want to bet money line. You can bet spreads, player props, over-unders. It's all an app that's super easy to use. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on right now to get started and stay warm and cozy this winter. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: So continuing today's Locked On Falcons. Want to plug the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel. If you're looking for that holiday fix, you know, get away From the family for a few moments, go tune in to Locked On Sports Atlanta, get all the biggest updates and storylines from not only the NFL, NBA, NHL, all the major sports, MLB, all that stuff and more at Locked On Sports Today, the first ever 24-7 YouTube streaming channel. Uh, So let's talk about why this win, despite its impressive, again, I'm only speaking for myself. Again, I'm sure plenty of you are telling me right now in the chat, and in the comments, why you feel very differently. But Sort of intellectually, I recognize this as probably the most impressive win of the Falcons this season. Right? You just look at the scoreboard; it's definitely the most impressive win on the scoreboard. Right? We've been talking about one score wins all all game long. We've been talking about seeing this offense put up twenty seven plus points this year. Doing that potentially getting this close to a thirty burger again. Heineke was a little better in the red zone. We probably would have got that thirty burger. Um, So I feel good about this win, but I don't feel great about this win because it feels like, you know, as I said last week, like emotionally, I'm checked out on the season at this point in time. It's like, okay, well, you know, do whatever you do Falcons, but like, you're not going to get me to sort of buy in. It's it's a little too little too late. Right. Because this was kind of the sort of game that we expected from this team most weeks this season on offense. And we haven't gotten it. And of course the questions are going to be, you know, did the quarterback change prompt this? I'm skeptical. You know, uh, to me, this was so similar to what we talked about after Heineke's insertion into the game in the second half of the Titans game. And you saw a boost, right? This sort of, you know, increase in quote unquote energy at the end of the Titans game. and People were like, hey, that's why we need to go with Taylor Heineke for the rest of the season. Right. And basically the argument I made then was like, I don't think it was Heineke. I think it was the fact that the Falcons ran the ball. Right. Like In the second half against the Titans. I think that's true. On Sunday, you had the three-headed monster in the backfield working, right? Patterson, Robinson, and Algier all had their moments and contributions were able to control, uh, you know, the line of scrimmage with the blocking, with the run game. It wasn't as if Heineke was dropping back and throwing a ton in this game and and being this sort of catalyst to your offensive success, like we were hoping to see more from Desmond Ritter. You were just asking Heineke to kind of manage the game, and he he did that, right? You know, I, I think it's not some energy that Heineke's bringing to the table. Right. I think it's just you saw the Falcons living up to the identity that we've been talking about for what nine plus months of what this team's identity is supposed to be. Right. You, you know, I, so I, I sit here and I go again, being a skeptic, right. A non-member of the Heineken Hive. But you I, to me, more important than the quarterback change was Drew Dahlman and Chris Lindstrom coming back healthy this week. You know, Tucker Fist stepping in for Keith Smith. Right. Kind of mudding the waters of the Parker Hesse agenda. Um, you know, with his performance today. So that's going to be, you know, a big issue that I'm going to have to deal with over the holiday. But, you know, kudos to Taylor Heineke. Um, you know, I thought he was mostly solid today, right? He made enough plays to kind of keep things rolling, keep things on schedule, right? I, I suspect when I watch the film, I'm not going to be super impressed with him. We'll see, right? Watching the game live, it seemed like he was late. On a bunch of throws. It seemed pretty consistently on third downs. He was low on a bunch of throws, especially some check downs that kind of limited Yak ability, right? There was probably two or three turnover worthy plays, right? He had a bobble snap at the beginning of the, of the first, of the second, excuse me, at the beginning of the second half that was lucky to be recovered by the Falcons, right? You know, in that case, just, you know, that wasn't on the center. He just took the shotgun snap and it bounced off his hands, right? So we'll see kind of what the film says. But I know Arthur Smith said post game one of the quotes coming out of his post game press conference was, you know, Heineke got the, the team in into a rhythm. And I'm like, you know, Heineke seemed like to me, again, my perception. We'll see how this perception changes once I watch the film. But it seems like Heineke was doing his own thing. He was marching to the beat of his own drum because again, he was he was late on a bunch of throws. But you know, it is what it is, right? So uh, we'll we'll see if I you know watch the film on Tuesday and, and come away feeling better or worse about Heineke's performance. Uh, in this game. But again, this game kind of sums up what we've been talking about, you know, for nine plus months, you know, going into the season, what we wanted to see. We don't need to see elite quarterback play. Right. All that to say all that criticism. Of Taylor Heine, we don't need to see elite quarterback play because you have these other things working for you. The run game, the defense. Right. That's what this team was built to be. A run first defensive driven team. We've seen the defense drive it we haven't seen the run game consistently show up when it has the falcons have done pretty well i mean you you look at what their five best run games rushing the ball were probably week one week two week uh seven um week 12 and today right Huh? falcons are five and oh in those games that's weird you know is that a weird coincidence i don't think so right so that to me is sort of the thing that sort of stood out to me now the question or not is going to be are we going to continue to see this falcon team over these final two games maybe right you know as as sort of the the person who wouldn't be here right i'm i'm the og falcons complainer right it's a it's a mixed bag right when it comes to this right cuz you look at it like i'm glad that we got this type of game at some point this year but again it, it feels like it's, it's a little too late so again that's why like i'm coming off as like being negative cuz i'm just like all right like cool man I'm glad you did it, but, like, literally, literally, right, had you done this any other week prior to today, we would have been jumping for joy. Any other week. Fifteen times you had a chance to, you know, kick the the football and Lucy pulled, you know, yanked it out from under Charlie Brown. And then, you know, the 16th try when Lucy went home, right, and the ball was just sitting on the ground, Charlie Brown just came and just kicked it. Did I say Charlie Murphy or Charlie Brown? Whatever. (laughs) Charlie Murphy. Um, so, we'll see, right? Playoff hopes, still, still live, right? Don't know what the odds are. I tried to look it up before I jumped on, but couldn't, didn't see anybody posting about it. But you know, this is the type of performance that the Falcons do, where they they give you that false hope, like, oh, they'll they'll finish the season strong, just so they can pull the rug out from under you pull that football away from you the next time you go out to line up for that kick so we'll see if the falcons do that or they actually for once you know (laughs) hey it ain't how you start it's how you finish right so i guess i guess hey three your three best games came at the very end of the season so again another reason for arthur smith to justify so we'll see what happens with this team uh we'll wrap up today's episode uh got some positive news on jake matthews Injury status as well as some other players. There's a bit of a youth movement in the secondary. What does that mean for the rest of the season as well as the offseason? And we'll break that down as we wrap up today's lockdown. On But first, I want to tell you about the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, comedy, and theater. New you. that is game time. They have the killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, right? The view from your seat means that you, you'll you see where you're sitting before you buy, right? All-in prices mean you're not going to get hit by hidden fees, you can buy uh, last-minute tickets right up to the start of an event and sometimes even after, and the game-time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, they'll credit you 110% the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game-time by downloading the game-time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for $20 off. Download game-time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out locked on NFL scouting available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.
0: So the plan for tomorrow's episode will be a potential Q and a, as well as, you know, having slept on it, you know, maybe have some additional thoughts on the game, but if you want to submit your questions for tomorrow's episode, uh, by all means, do so via email at LockedOnFalcons at mail.com. Leave a comment on this video or you get priority if you're a Locked on Falcons insider. The link to join and become an insider is in the description below at joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnFalcons. So odds and ends, right? You know, just sort of last little tidbits as we wrap up today's episode. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the injury situation. Uh, Jake Matthews exited the game midway through the fourth quarter with a knee injury, got rolled up behind from behind on a, a big run from Bijan that set up the penultimate field goal. Uh, and Arthur Smith said post game that he could have returned uh, if they needed him to. So that's a promising sign that Jake's uh, start streak won't end next week uh, against uh, the Bears, and we'll need him against Montez Sweat and all that. Um, you know, his replacement, John LeGlue was uh stepped in was a swing tackle today he was a a falcons practice squad guy for the last you know six or so weeks that they promoted uh ahead of today's game over tyler Vrabel, who's been filling in for jake uh in recent games now the hope is that caleb mcgary is going to be back next week so that you know storm norton can be kind of your swing tackle again um so we'll, we'll see on that front other injury news, Lorenzo Carter and Chris Lindstrom both exited the game briefly uh, to get checked for neck and head injuries, respectively. They did clear the concussion protocol, so hopefully that's a promising sign. Although, again, as a longtime cover of this team, it wouldn't be the first time that a Falcon player got hurt in the game, came back in the game, and then missed four weeks after that. <laughs> that so that, that's a, always a possibility. But last little tidbit that stood out to me watching the game. Um, was we did see Clark Phillips and DeMarco Hellams get their second starts over Jeff Akuda and Richie Grant, respectively, at cornerback and safety. Um, personally, I don't feel great about that. Um, you know, it's nice to see the rookies contributing, but, you know, I don't see either one being starters moving forward, and I feel like, you know, trying to figure out if you're going to keep Jeff Okuda uh, would be the best way to utilize these final few weeks, but maybe the Falcons have already made that decision that Akuda won't be returning next year, And thus, you know, cornerback potentially becomes a higher priority, you know, one of the potential top five needs, because I don't see Clark Phillips as a long term starter. To me, he'd be a a pretty limited starter, um, you know, most games. Uh, But we'll see about that. The same I I, I sort of feel about DeMarco Helms. He's played well as a starter these last two weeks. Um, And it's to me and but he's his his skill set, I think, is limited. Right. Um, so we'll we'll see where that is. You know, Richie Grant has served as that dime safety. I think that's kind of the best role for Richie Grant moving forward. We've seen, you know, I you know, I know he gave up that game winning touchdown to the box, but outside of that one play, I thought he played reasonably well that game. And I think since the bye week, Richie has played mostly well um in limited action. And so we were seeing that part-time role kind of ideally suited for him. We've seen him impact as a pass rusher. We saw that again on uh Sunday against the Colts. So you know, we still see struggles at covering tight ends. It didn't seem like DeMarco Helens was solving that problem because tight ends feasted today, right? With Pittman out, it was just basically the Will Mallory and Kylan Granton show. Um, all, all day long. They they combined for nine catches for 119 yards, and I'm sure you're like, Who the heck are Will Mallory and Kylan Granton? Uh, and you know, all you need to know is they're Colts, so they're super athletic tight ends, uh, that were able to out-athlete our safeties, and so I look at these two positions, corner and safety, as two positions that, you know, are going, should be offseason priorities uh, to upgrade for the Falcons. And it goes back to a conversation we had last week about, you know, while the the conversation tends to focus on the head coach and the quarterback and the need to make changes there, the Falcons have a number of areas they have to improve, improve, I'm sorry, including becoming more explosive on offense, uh, improving that pass rush again. We need to stabilize the offensive line, even though, relatively speaking, you're probably not going to see like a a massive overhaul. Uh, besides, you know, maybe drafting some more depth and maybe signing a veteran or two to sort of be a backup, uh, so that you're not relying on the John Leglues of the world, uh, to sort of to fill in future. But, you know, these other areas of need, cornerback, safety, etc., I think are are going to be you know, other issues that the Falcons are going to have to deal with. And, And again, that's why, you know, despite all the focus being on Desmond Ritter and, and Arthur Smith as being the problem, right? You know, I don't think I think the problem is bigger than those guys, right? The question always was, they may not be singularly the problem, but are they the solution? And I, I think it's still, you know, obviously with Desmond Ritter, we're all skeptical on whether he's the solution. Um, you know, skeptical is, is probably put it mildly. <laughs> That's what I'll say at this point in time. Yeah, he he's he's not the solution. That's basically what I'm saying. So, you know. Uh, I know that's upsetting to a, a handful of you guys, um, you know, Arthur Smith is, he's the solution. Nah. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel great about that, but like, you know, it is what it is. As I said, you know, he's going to get that opportunity to prove us right or wrong probably in all likelihood next year. So uh, we'll, we'll see what else the Falcons have in store this all uh, season and whether or not, you know, they can build off of this game over these next two weeks and then, you know, carry that momentum in into the off season and build off of that <laughs> next year and, you know, that's going to be a frequent conversation all off season long. So, uh, but that's going to do it for our conversation today. We'll potentially be back tomorrow with Q and I I don't want to overpromise because it depends on if you guys submit questions. I don't know how much more I'm going to have to say about this game, you know, 12 hours from now when I'm sitting down Christmas morning, uh, you know, and recording an episode, you know, you know me, I love to do mailbags when I don't got anything else to talk about. So it depends on you guys sending in uh, mailbag questions, right? So send in your questions um, via email at at mail.com, via Twitter at lockdownfalcons, via threads at foul fans. Um, if, if that's where you want to go, you can comment here on this video as well. And of course, if you want priority to guarantee that your questions get answered on potentially tomorrow's mailbag episode, become a lockdown falcons insider. Join the link in the description below at joinsubtext.com/slash locked on falcons. Locked on falcons insiders not only get priority when it comes to Q and A's and mailbags, right? You get that one on one access. Even if you, your question isn't for the show, you can, you know, hit me up at twelve oh five. Being like, hey, Aaron, how do you know if your eggnog has gone bad uh, on on Christmas evening? You know, I'll be there for you. Right. That's the one on one access that you get me. You know, maybe you should call poison control first. But you know, if you believe in me and you want to be an insider, then by all means hit me up on Lockdown Falcons Insider at join subtext.com slash lockdown falcons. And in addition to that one on one access, you get, you know, you know, bury the lead. You get the extended all twenty two reviews. That's the real reason why you guys are insiders, because you get that high def HD film breakdown, uh, in addition to the audio breakdown uh as a locked on Falcons insider. So join that 14 day free trial, four 99 a month. So hit me up. If we're not doing a mailbag, because you guys let me down by not asking you questions, I'm putting it on you. It's always y'all's fault. It's never my fault. Um Then we'll probably have like a holiday special from like Mike Renner. And I think Ross Jackson potentially on the feed. So you'll get some content on Christmas when you sneak away. It's just a question. It all depends on you. So, you know, Hit me up with your questions, Falcons or non-Falcons related. If you just, you know, need need my, need my thoughts on Christmas cookies and hey, you know, I got you. Other things, whatever. Who knows? Let me know. Hit me up. That's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, here, uh, continue to make us your first listen. Obviously, got to ramble at the end of the episode, just like the old days. So it's all part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Check out Lockdown Sports today, 24-7 streaming general.